Welcome to 12 Rows Back. Round 14 is in the can. We have four rounds left. It is coming, becoming a really, really tight race for the eight. Tom, how are you going tonight? Yeah, no, not too bad this week. Uh, I'll be honest, I've been working the predictive ladder technology just to see how my Saints are going, but uh, a fantastic round. Uh, oh, how was that Cats-Bulldogs game with that huge comeback? And, um, yeah, obviously our game was a thriller for the neutral fans, and yeah, yesterday's game as well with the uh, the Blues and Pies getting that rivalry uh, reignited. A fantastic round. How, how did you find it, mate? Some big, big clashes. Uh, a couple of big comebacks. Uh, clash of the heavyweights over at Metricon on uh, on Thursday evening. Uh, and there were a few other... Everything sort of went according to plan, I suppose, for most of the top teams. Yeah, yeah um, you're hanging in there with the work tipping. I think I, I got them all right over the weekend except for the Saints. So, you know, the favourites are winning at the moment. Yeah, look, I, I didn't go so well in the tipping. I think I went I went wide. But look, it was it was an enjoyable round of football, um, and we're sort of back into a little festival of footy to get through a couple of rounds over the next sort of I reckon it's three rounds in about two weeks coming up, and they're jostling for positions in the eight and that final eight spot. It's going to be a tight race. I can't wait to see who is actually just going to claim it and and take their spot in the finals because it'll be big no matter which fan base it is if you if you look at your ladder now you've got melbourne sitting there in eighth gws played in the grand final last year sitting ninth you've got the bulldogs in 10th essendon in 11th game in hand of course carlton 12th and i'll probably have the gold coast out they're 13th and they're only on five wins carlton are probably look stranger things have happened but but they're they're fighting an uphill battle. Yeah, when you now, get into that uh, mathematically can make it, I don't think many teams make it from that, uh, once that statement's made on their season, I think you, you'll find You've spent whole... half a lifetime in there, haven't you? Well, true, but we've usually made it. We've, you know, we've gone all right making finals, although not this last 10 years. So anyway, I might stick out of that conversation. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the 2000, early uh, 2000s, we uh, we went all right, 04, 05, 06. Anyway, I'm digressing. You <laughs> there's had something... a lot to get through. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot to, get, to through. get through today. Now, we're going to talk, we're going to talk uh, Carlton Collingwood. Yeah, we've yeah. got, we're talking Richmond later in the show. We've got our first mailbag question from a gentleman oh, in Ivanhoe. Love that, the mailbag. And obviously, we've got our usual stat of the week and the underdog tipping, which... Oh, safe to say, is just about done because I haven't, I'm, I haven't troubled the scorer yet. Yeah. Uh, but I want to, I want to bring something up. And look, fair warning, it's gonna, it's, it's about the Saints game. It's gonna hit a little close <laughs> to home, but the Saints off the top, great stuff. The goal review system. Now, tell me, Christian Petrarca, six minutes ten on the clock. He's just flinged one round his body. It's rolling. It's rolling. It's gone over. Was it touched? Was it not? The umpire's not sure and asked for a review. And we've had insufficient evidence. How did it sit with you? Well, I, I'm usually a, a reasonably calm fan. Uh, you know, things happen in a game that you, you stay in your seat for and, and you just sort of sit to yourself and mull. But I genuinely screamed at the TV when that happened. I was off off out of my chair, the, the, just the pressure of that game. It was really to wrap up a final spot and, and we missed an opportunity. But yeah, that, that ball that ball rolls. Petraka had killed us all night and it goes 
through with a hand on it, which I thought originally now uh, controversy reigned. It's not the first time the Saints have been on the receiving end of some dodgy goal review or lack of goal review technology uh, before. Um, I think you'll find that uh, the Saints have had a few ones that have actually brought in the technology to begin with. Thank you to the Tomahawk in 09. But um, yeah, look, we, we saw what happened. Petraka rolls it forward. It, it bursts to the line. It's a real, as they say, line ball. Uh, there's a clip that looked like a finger on there just getting pushed back. Now, up there at, at TO, given the technology they had available, they actually didn't have enough cameras there to see whether that touch, whether it was a touch or not, actually where it was in relation to the goal line. So we were left high and dry because there was insufficient evidence. The umpire went with his gut call, which was a goal, and you can't that's 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 the fall fall down of this system when, when you have to rely on that and, and we've had to be stuck with that decision. Now as you said, that was it was an arm wrestle for the first 10, 15 minutes of that quarter. It was really next goal wins. It had that vibe about it. And it, it, it really now is just stinging me just because of the pressure that was on that game. It's put the D's in the eight. It's put them in the finals mix. It's put our spot in the eight in jeopardy. And we really, we don't know what happened with that ball because there was a lack of technology and it, we, we can't actually definitively call it a goal or a point. So Look, I'm steamed as a Saints fan. Um, I mean, it, it has engineered a change because I think now all games are going to have the proper goal line technology present. So I guess that's a good thing, but it's a little too late for this uh, this stung Saints fan, to be honest. I've got a couple of questions for you. Hit me. Um, firstly, who do you think was in the best position to make that decision? Yeah, you, you would say the goal umpire. And who made the decision? It was the goal umpire. Yep, yep, that's fair. That's fair. I, no, no, so, I'll, I'll admit. Yeah, he look. The goal umpire couldn't have been in a in a better spot. But I mean, if you watch the vision of, of there was a there was extraordinarily a huge amount. Sorry, an extraordinary amount of doubt in his in that decision, and that's exactly why you go up to the box now. But you go into the arc, and it wasn't actually able to give him really enough evidence. Either way, I mean, I, I sound like a Saints fan whinging. I think we were stiff. I think, you know, when you, you lose a game by three points, it's even more magnified. So, um, look, it wasn't... It was a factor in the loss, but it wasn't the factor in the loss as well, which I should throw out there. Um, I think many Saints fans have, have jumped on and said that that, that is the, the reason, but I think you'll find our delivery into the Ford 50 uh, might be the actual reason. But I... It's not stopping me from being stung. I think uh, you need everything going for you and, and the D's got the luck on the night. 100%. Now, just take a breath and just relax. <laughs> it's over. You're still sitting seventh. There's still oh, hope. But... The season's not done. Some people support a club that is just literally having a holiday up in Queensland at the moment. That's all they're doing no, for some of us. So do you think the goal review system, the, the arc, do you think it adds to the game or do you think it's starting to detract from the game? Well, I've, I think it, it, it's valuable to the game. I'll give it that. I just think it might be a case of actually the technology not being able to reach a level we need. Now, I'm no cameraman and I'm not, you know, a Hollywood producer and know what camera's which, but 
in a grand final, you'll find the highlights package or you'll find all these, you know, montages that have all this beautiful slow-mo footage. Now, it would be amazing if we could adapt that slow-mo footage to get rid of these grainy, motion-blurred, did-he-touch-it-did-he-miss-it versions of our game. Now, you've seen some of those slow-mos. They're, they're, you know, it's obviously incredibly high-def, which I know you enjoy. And, you know, you can see, you know, the... That's why they're in montages. They look great, but I I don't know why they haven't been able, like applied practically so that we actually can get really crisp, clear views of what's going on. I know our game's quick and fast, and that probably influences it. But you'd think someone out there's got to patent this technology and adopt it into our game because right now we're really we can't be going off this fuzzy motion blurred vision and angles that we can't see and, and that. What, what, I mean, I've talked yeah, well, a fair it, bit about it. What do you think about it's it? Come back, it's coming back to the cost, right? It's the yeah. cost of putting the cameras in. Now, we play normal in a normal year one, maybe two games in Darwin. So yeah. they're not going to invest in cameras to sit in there. And that, I sort of think that's fair enough. Like, Well, it's a bit like, you know, in, in the tennis of... with the Hawkeye, you know, the, the outside courts don't get the, uh, the Hawkeye challenges because they just don't put the technology out there yeah as you say money related yeah so uh, obviously wherever they play at, at the bigger grounds mcg i was about to call it colonial that's that's dating it <laughs> yeah, marvel cool. stadium um and obviously optus i think it's at all the major grounds footies played at so the cameras are obviously not high enough quality to really give you a clear answer sometimes even some of the ones you can tell are touched. There's still debate over when and where, and yeah. they're saying they can see the finger bent back. Well, look, I I think I've actually got a pretty radical view of all this, and Ooh, I, I don't like think this. many people agree with this. But put it on the table. We should get rid of the um, the, keep the posts. But if the ball hits the post and goes through for a goal, it's a goal. Right, it's like soccer style, like off soccer the crossbar. Take it right out of the adjudication. Now, if it bounces back in, then just stick with the current rules we've got. Right. So, if it hits the uh, goalpost, bounces back in, you still get a point. If it hits the goalpost and keeps going through, you get a goal. Right. Take that. There's no grey area there. It, if it, it's touched off the boot and the umpire, the field umpire, doesn't call it, then it is there's no review. Is. You can't review that. We can keep this review system in for the goal umpires. I find it extremely ironic we have to get this rule exactly correct. So we have to try and get the reviews correct because it's a scoring play. But the AFL is more than happy to let all the holding the balls and throwing the balls go for the sake of game flow. So that no, no, he tried, he tried. You watch some of those games on the weekend. They throw it. They throw it out. Yeah, they get tackled, definitely. thrown to the ground. Off. They just push it out or throw it out or the teammate comes and takes it off them because the game keeps flying. We're going to keep it on. Now, this score review, the game stops for a minute. What? Like, it, it's killing the momentum. And, and to then come back with a decision like this where they didn't actually decide anything. They just went back to the person who was in the right spot at the right time to make the call. Well, footy's better off without it. In my opinion, yeah, there you go. So you're like, yeah, I I referred to it before, but you're you're happy if you do get a, a tomahawk style hitting the post in, in a big game. Where where does that sit? Well, with you? well, I'm saying that should go through for a goal. That's, we yeah, get, we so, call that a goal. Yeah. Now, if you decide not to bring that rule in, but get rid of the arc, we've got 30 seconds 
for the ball to get from for, we've it feels like we've got two minutes at the moment because they're giving extra time for the breaks but there's at least 30 seconds between goals can they not they review the goals anyway can they not review them and bring them back if in fact it's wrong yeah look that that makes sense I guess look there could be some harm in yep it was called a point umpire called it hit the post but it didn't so we actually need to stop play and call it a goal but I think you'll find most of the contentious ones were called goals and then it was revealed yep it just grazed the post so all you have to do is have someone reviewing them straight away um, and there are a couple other ways of looking at it just let the highest score stand why not they want more scoring in the game let's just let the goals stand if they think it's a goal like, yeah, that's an interesting one. Well, I mean, that, that is that is part of the the, the, the system they've got. The system they've got. Oh, let's. Would you say it's American football style or, or European football soccer? Well, yeah, we it's interesting. Yeah, interesting that you're bringing up other sports around the world. I think you find you know even over in uh, the Premier League and over in Europe and and you know wherever they're playing soccer, you know they they're still struggling with their you know VAR technology over there. Um, it's still contentious. I mean, they're using it for offside as well for positioning as well as sort of goal line as well. Um, Just to digress, did you know the A-League Grand Final was on last night? Yeah, my boys, the uh, the Heart, were in there. Um, didn't know they made it till Sunday afternoon, but uh, good good to see them in there. I went I to their first game, so... Name. I didn't know they changed their name back to Hart either. Well, they were wearing the, the Hart outfit anyway. We, we've digressed um, here, but yeah. The, no, there was a contentious yeah. VAR decision in that game. Yeah, and... They can't get it right when I would have thought they were a bit simpler to adjudicate because their rule is over the line goal. Yeah. Our rules, when did it get touched as to whether it went over the line. Now, the other thing I just wanted to tell you about this goal, I, I, I just watched it and I think it was a goal watching it with the naked eye. So does that help? Uh, no, look, I've been—I have been trying to forget this game, and now that we've gone with this off the top, it's come back in screaming detail. But look, I mean, I'm with you. It could be worth exploring, just really stripping it back. Are we making it too technical with with all this reviewing and and views and cameras required? And do we just we just put it on the umps? I know the umps cop a lot, but do we just put it back in their hands and, and well, just keep it simple? they don't get things right anyway. Let's just put it on them and let's... <laughs> like, I, I think for the sake of footy, we, we, it's not be, it's not helping us at the moment. I, I think there are more we're getting wrong or we can't tell, which causes confusion that I think it should be scrapped almost completely. Yeah. Um, well, I, I agree with you too. Like, it is nuts. This thrilling game is reaching a conclusion and you've got to wait 30 seconds to two minutes to to keep the game going. It really is a momentum sapper. Moving on, though, I'm interested in the Blues and the Pies game yesterday, particularly uh, your thoughts. And Carlton's form, really, uh, particularly in well, close games. Don't know if you call yesterday a close game, but you, you've got a few uh, interesting points you want to bring up on the Blues. Firstly, I was stiff. They were in that up to their eyeballs. Oh, I Carlton. thought you were a good I chance. Thought... I thought you'd get off the mark with uh, your upset. Collingwood was so undermanned. I just thought they were going to find a way to do it. Well, um, that was their chance. If they were going to get the pies, you would have think you would have thought yesterday was the day. Yeah, well, I did, and I was yeah. wrong. But <laughs> here we are now. Carlton, I actually I want to give them some credit because I've probably been I've been a little harsh on them because they've done the uh, 
the tanking style thing, even though you may not call it tanking. They they spent a long time at the bottom. Some of it was they claim AFL inflicted, but they were breaching the salary cap, so they had to facts pay the pay the piper, as you might say in the old. Uh, but look, they've had they've had a long time at the bottom. And then they had a long time with Brendan Bolton where people would tell you they're coming, they're doing the right thing, we're seeing all the right signs, and they weren't. They were just... Well, they treading were water, but they were, yeah, they were disarray. I, I, I've seen signs this year of them becoming a real team with some structure, and I think what's hurt them is they're a young side and they haven't played four quarters of footy. And Which is what year, you get with a young side, inconsistency. Correct. And this year it's hurt them probably even more because if you play two good quarters under 20-minute quarters, you can probably get out to a little bit more of a lead. Yeah. And then you have more time in the quarters to correct, whereas the shorter quarters help the more experienced teams because they can just shut it down when they need to. So let's just... I'm just having a look at this. Back to round one. At halftime, it was 11 goals to three. Game finished 16 goals to 12. So second half played really well. Um, Let's go through. They lost to Melbourne by a point. So that really could have gone either way. Which the Ds also jumped them in that game at the start. I think the Ds yeah, five the first goals five to none goals, in the first yep. quarter and then seven goals to three from there. So there's one game decided by less than a kick. They beat Geelong by two points, but Faded this badly was a, this in was that a game. strange one. Yeah, I remember After half night. time, it was seven goals. They didn't kick a goal in the last quarter and Geelong kicked five goals four. And, and they, they just were- hung on. We're coming the Cats two minutes more and or even a minute Ooh, yeah. more, they would have won that one. So they've won that by two points. They beat Essendon by a point in a game which... Arguable, if Townsend gives it a little bit more oomph, it, it, it really... Uh, I think it was Falconed oh. on the on the goal line, that one, if you remember. Big yeah. old Falcon to save the game. If um, if Kyle Hooker, the old 200 game man this weekend, well done, Kyle, if you're listening, uh, if he just put some body on Liam Jones, I think you'll yeah, find it, was Liam Jones, it might have sailed through. Yeah. Um, they kicked less goals than Essendon, but one. So, like, that Brisbane could have gone style. either way. But they've done... Like, I'm saying they're doing well to win these games. Yeah. They had... They lost to the Saints. Just outcoached uh, on the night, I think. You'll find uh, Geary on Doherty and Steele and Cripps did the your, job. You've had your <laughs> We're 10 still minutes. here. You've had your 10 minutes. <laughs> nah, that's but it was seven goals to yeah. two at half time, and then they made a late charge and only lost by three goals. Yeah. So, their slow starts were killing them at early days, they absolutely pants the dogs and they kick straight. So they kick 16 goals, seven. That's probably their most complete performance to date. Yeah, definitely. Um, They've really... Uh, a full team performance, that one as well, not just Cripps leading yep. the charge. They lost to Port, who were on top of the ladder by a kick on the siren. Like, you know, they... They, they, they had chan- They had plenty of chances in the last two minutes of that one as well to wrap it up. I think that's their uh, young side showing through there. They jumped out against North... Beat us by seven points. Um, look, that was a. They won the first quarter. We won the second quarter, and then in the second half, it was two goals, eight to f- three goals, four goals. It was relatively even. Um, but look, seven points. They won that. They lost to Hawthorn. I think they were just sort of due a down week. It was well, I think close I at half time. I picked and then... that one in an upset. Anyway, they were favourites that day. Don't forget that. Uh, sorry. Yep. Continue. Yep. <laughs> they had a bye. So we're, talking, we're into round 11. They lost to West Coast. Look, but West Coast. Not, had... not, you know, they, they mixed it with them for patches of that game as well. They did. They did. They beat Frio. Goal after the siren. Obviously, we talked about that. Yep. 
beat Gold Coast pretty convincingly, and then lost to Collingwood. So in the game against Collingwood, seven goals to five at half time. Carlton kicked four behind the rest of the game to Collingwood's five goals six. So that's that's the game in a nutshell. They have gone. I think off the top of my head, that makes them four and two in games decided by seven points or less. They could have all gone. They could have been zero and six. Yeah, they could have been zero and six quite easily. They could have been six and zero as well. That, like Robbie Gray misses that. Yeah, uh, goal. exactly. Yeah. Uh, what was the other one? Was it round two? Well, yeah, against against the D's, I think you'll find Cripps, Cripps missed one, and I think Martin yep. hit the post yep. in that one as well. So you know that that one could have gone either way as well. So if they win those two, they're in the eight. Yeah, there you go. That, and that's that's huge strides well, for such a young team. Yeah, is that overachieved? I mean, I, I, I'm not surprised by where they're at. I didn't think they had, you know, that make the finals form in them. I know expectations of the year changed dramatically given what's going on, but I, I thought they'd be pushing, you know, that sort of 12 to 8 range at best. And that, that's about where they are. So, I mean, I, I'm thinking they're on track. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, they're a young team just with these patches and... Um, I, I think the the future's bright. I mean, they've got a great year out of Weedering. He he's really stabilised them down back. Uh, I like big Tom DeConing actually in the ruck has been pretty impressive. I mean, he faded out. He I mean that's an example there, a youngster. I mean, he was really showing his athleticism over Grundy yesterday, but just faded late. But um, you know, and and the low, I mean, Cripps you would have to say is having a, a down year, but you know he's coming from a lofty standard. So they've found, I guess, other ways to manufacture, I guess, that, that midfield clearance and inside, well, and outside work. Um, but, yeah, I mean, where do you, where do you, where had you pegged them, sorry, uh, at the start of the year? I didn't think they'd do this well. Um, yeah, they, yeah, there you go. So at the start of the year, I would have said, yep, they'll win another five games. I don't see what's changed. Um, but looking at it in all seriousness, they are right where they probably reasonably expect slash want to be. Pushing for that final spot in the eight. Look, had a down game against their biggest rival, so that'll probably sting. But I think they've made real strides. They should be proud. But they didn't need to keep pushing next year. It's not all just going to happen because you've got these kids who suddenly know how to play. They need to keep pushing. They need to keep these older guys in the side. They they need to have that competition for spots. Yeah. Um, we don't want to see, you know, oh look, we drafted him high, we've got to start getting games into him and this sort of thing earlier in the year. It's okay later in the year you find ways to get them in the team. Um, but I think they just need to keep pushing and sort of believe, yep, we're gonna be a top four side next year. That's what they should be aiming for. That, I mean, fair, completely fair. If you fall short, you finish six, you still play a final. That's a really important experience. There was a there was a team who set the. Uh, I'll I'll save that stat of the week for um. For, for, they'll save that stat oh, for okay, later. Good. But uh, look, it takes a lot to start winning finals and change your club around. And I think they've made all the right strides. I just hope that behind closed doors things are going well. I heard a little rumor that uh, Paddy Dow wants wants out. Wants out. Well, that uh, that's where it starts. Tell us I mean, what... Yeah, I mean they 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 don't need to be trading Paddy for for another draft pick. They need to find that experienced talent because I think. You know, Simpson, Doherty's a bit younger, but, you know, Simpson and Eddie Betts, I mean, they're, they've they're, they've got a spot. I mean, it's that debate between, you know, list clogging and also providing that experience, not in any way saying Eddie and 
Simo are list cloggers. I mean, they're, they're going to reach a point, though, where they need to find a way to replace that. So that'll be interesting as well. But I'm with you. They, the time for that, you know, let's get a top 10 pick and wait five years for him to blossom is over for them. They need to keep investing in the team they've got. I'm with you. They've got some good youngsters there. Maybe just be a little smarter on the recruiting table if certain small forwards are available. But uh, I think we seem to find a way to mention Papley every week. But we'll see how that goes. I was just about to say, normally I have to throw Papley in, but you, you <laughs> yeah, agree. You think he'll be a... <laughs> no, he, he would have been a great addition this year, I think. Um, well, he's a perfect replacement for Eddie Betts, isn't he? The, like, I'm not saying Eddie should retire. I'm just saying I think Eddie might be looking for transition out. Uh, you know, wonderful career, but exactly, I, I think you Ed, know. Eddie might have had enough. So let's bring Papley in. Let's push. We should be We should be playing a final next year, and we should be trying to finish top four because... There's no reason we can't. If we think we can't, then we're... Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're always right. So whichever way you want to go about it, I, I think they should just keep pushing because they've made real positive strides. Speaking of finals, we're going to have another pre-finals buy by the sounds of things. No. Oh, you that So that that is a, a legit consideration. I mean, is it more than a consideration? That's actually something they're starting to plan. Is that, is that what I've you're heard it's, uh I've heard it's Gillen's little baby and he wants it to stay and he wants to nurture it to become this real big thing so they can celebrate football in all its glory in this week where they just kill the momentum of the season, in my opinion. Correct. I'm fully with you on that. I feel like every week we do a podcast, we get to about the middle of, of the podcast and I just tee off on something and this might be this week's I'm with you. It is an absolute momentum killer to the season. You have all the fun of the last round, the results, what's going to happen, who's finishing where, who sneaks in the finals, who's top four, who's bottom, what the draft order is. There's so much happening. There's so much, I guess, footy in the air, if you if you know what I mean by that. It's just, you know, September's approaching and, and it's it's switching from that home and away to the finals. It's a fantastic week. And then, yeah, we're, we're in this real limbo all of a sudden now with this pre-finals buy where I don't think if it is Gil's baby I don't think he's worked out the way to actually make it function properly in a way that doesn't take away from the season I find that it takes away from the year uh you you're wanting footy and you're wanting September action having waited for it for 24 odd weeks and then you've got to wait another one um, I, I do like, you know, that they have tried the, the you know, the EJ Witten Legends game, but they haven't fully committed to it, I don't think, because they haven't put any major real, I guess, awards on that week. So, uh, it, yeah, it's a real limbo week. It's a momentum killer. Um, I don't like it. And, uh, yeah, I'm disappointed that they're going with it again, particularly in this season where they've really rushed to get games done. I don't like it that we've rushed games to have this buy. I, I just... Yeah, I'm shaking my yeah. head. You can't see it at home. But uh, yeah, over to you, Seb. What do you reckon? They've they've rushed it because Gil needs to keep it in. Gil's yeah. set this up. It's Gil's baby. I'm telling you. <laughs> Gil loves it, loves the idea of it. What? And this is sort of a prediction, sort of a this is what they need to do. Yeah. I'm just going to use the ladder right now as an example. But and it's probably not a great example because some teams have played 13, some teams have played 14. But yeah. Just off putting that to one side. All right, season's finished. That's the ladder. What we're going to do? We've got the EJ Witten. Sorry, not the EJ Witten's game. That that can be a Saturday afternoon thing, sort of a precursor. We're going to have a little wild card round. Oh, right? the old wild card. So seven play ten, and eight play nine. 
which would give you St Kilda versus the Dogs and Melbourne versus the Giants. So a little bit of heat in that rivalry. Yeah, you got yeah. uh, Josh Barus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Josh Bruce Cup and like uh, the Dogs the, and the Saints. That's for sure. You got the old uh, Tom Scully. A little bit of a little bit of rivalry there between the D's and the Giants. Well, so it's the old oldest v youngest. That one, Melbourne versus the Giants, oldest club versus the newest. Uh, yep, yep. You can say that. Uh, but have a little wild card round. Throw the Brownlow in on the Sat on the Sunday or the Monday. Is this you have come up get... with some radical ideas in this one? And the, I I don't mind it though. The Brownlow in that week. It... Have you have your All Australian awards on the Sunday? Brownlow on the Monday. Get all that out of the way, and then you've got four weeks of footy of the finals, and you can keep some momentum. You can celebrate it all by having the awards that week. It actually allows all the teams that didn't make the finals so and that's 10 that's more than that's about 60 percent of the comp they can all your stars so just think about some of these players um who aren't going to be featured in the finals you've got josh kennedy uh who fourth one got called don't really have anyone you got nat fife uh patty cripps you'd have joey danaher from the bombers like some big names tommy papley huge names where <laughs> they can come down, they can go to the Brown Lake, they can do all their AFL commitments, and then they can actually finish their season and go on a holiday for three weeks. They don't have to stick around and maybe go on a holiday for two, come back for that Brownlow, you know, after prelim final weekend. So I think it works from that point of view. It means there's less dead rubbers in the last few weeks. So if we were going to have that at the end of this year, that puts Carlton well in the mix because they're sitting four points behind the dogs with the game in hand. So... All they have to do is win. Who are, who do they play? Like seriously, this this would keep their season alive. They have so they got the Giants well, this week. They have the Giants. Uh, then they've got the Swannies, followed by uh, the Crows, and then they finish with the Lions. So plenty of winnable games in that mix. Yeah. So the Dogs have got West Coast, uh, Hawthorne, and then Freo. So. Look, you'd probably still favour the dogs to get in, but it would keep Carlton alive, and by extension, probably Gold Coast and Frio sitting thirteenth and fourteenth. Now, it does mean less like finishing in that seventh and eighth spot. Like if you're if you're a team jumping up from at this point in the season from twelfth to sneak in and make a final, look, you're probably not going to win it. It's probably almost a waste of your time going to play the final. Like, you, you're sort of that much worse than the team that's going to finish fifth, which would be West Coast at the time, ironically, uh, right now. But I think it gets rid of those dead rubbers, which really can hurt when you extend back to a 22-game season over 24 rounds. And if it's here to stay, which, as I've said, it is Gill's baby. It is Gill's baby. I, I think they need to do something to not just have a week off, have the wild card games, throw in the awards things, have your EJ Witten game. Um, well, yeah, know, throw just in... like what you're saying, just commit to the to the week. If you're going to have this week off, commit to it and fill it. Like right now, we're left with a really empty week. That's that's what it comes down to. 100%. Work out a way to get the VFLW grand final in there. Yeah. Like I know they don't want the, uh, the AFLW season to clash with the men's, but you've got all these state leagues. Get get, get a way to get their, them on the show. Um, there's different ways to fill it and the old AFL they're not very adventurous so it'll take five ten years for them to work this one out but I think they'll get there with a wild card round and I can tell you in America 
big success. Yeah, well, that, that is interesting. I mean, we do take a lot of our, you know, a lot of our inspiration from over there. I guess you, the build-up to the Super Bowl. I'll be honest, I don't like the week in that uh, sense either. I, I don't know about the uh, all-pro game that they have, but um, it, look, over there, it is massive. It, it's a two-week build. Um, and they've done it magnificently. Now, I know last week, speaking of buys, they're not going to go a pre-finals buy and a pre-grand final buy. Surely that, that won't be seen. I think that I've, I've heard no, that swirling be, around, like a pre-grand final buy. That'd be irresponsible, because if you finish top four and win your first game, you have buy, game, buy, game, buy, game. Yeah. So you played three games over six weeks, and that, that'd that be irresponsible given... Yeah, there was just some talk around that, given the um, you know, the the public holiday, what they were thinking around that. But I'm 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 guessing oh, that that might have been one of the worst public holidays in the history of Australia. That oh, see, what I disagree. Waste, what I a waste it. of a holiday! I love it. it is it, the grand final is uh, you know I look to it like Christmas really. It doesn't matter if my team's in it or not, and I think it just adds to the whole you know the whole week. I mean, you got the Brownlow on the Monday. Uh, and then yeah, they, that's a week I reckon that they do get right, particularly now that we've got that day off. But look, we can agree to disagree. But um, but do you get the public holiday that week? Funnily enough, where I work, actually, that is a rare time that they uh, they you give get that, that one, but you don't get Cup Day. Correct. That is, yeah, I, I'd change jobs. Like I couldn't live with that. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll probably struggle enough this year not being able to go to Flemington. But I digress. Richmond have been sneaking along really nicely and they're positioning themselves for a real tilt at uh, at the flag this year. Do you reckon they'll repeat? Look, I reckon they're a real big show. I know, um, as any uh, good performer uh, does, I went back over our tape, listened to our uh, show from last week just to uh, tidy up the performance. We did not even mention the Tigers really in our who's going to be the Premier's chat. I think it might have they might have been mentioned in passing by us both at the end. We're really into Port, West Coast, Cats, Brisbane. They weren't in the conversation. But, I mean, just like last year, they're really putting together a year where they're not actually that fussed with the home and away. They're just building nicely. They're getting results still. I mean, they're top four now and they just brushed aside a West Coast team that have won eight in a row. Uh, I feel like, yeah, we haven't given them the credit they're due. I mean, yeah, they are sitting fourth. They've got Asprey, Prestia and Edwards to come back. Um, some big names. I mean, they've gotten games into their youngsters as well. They've really flipped the magnets around with uh, where players have played. You know, Shea Bolton in the middle, Noah Bolter down back. Um, you know, they might, I mean, Bolton will, but, and, uh, sorry, Bolton We'll keep your spot, Bolter. It's a wait and see with Asprey. But, um, you know, yeah, they've really just built nicely. And just like last year, you know, they had that patch where they were, I think, really battling to hold on to a spot in the eight. And then they just went on a streak and just won, I think, the last dozen or so, or dozen plus games to, to win last year's flag. And it has that vibe about it again this year. So I can tell you why I didn't throw them in the mix. They don't get to play a run of games at the MCG again. That's gone. True. Now, I think, like, they beat West Coast, and they beat them in Brisbane. Now, West Coast, was it Metricon or the Gabba? I forget. West Coast have a shocking record in Queensland, period, because that's the longest trip in the AFL. It's six hours. Yeah. Um, I think Richmond are doing a lot of the right things, but yeah, was- they've won their two flags on the back of having a real leg up 
getting to sit in Melbourne nicely. Oh, we've got to play the grand final at the MCG. It's a VFL, a- AFL. <laughs> That's where we play every year. So did they set they set the record for most wins at the MCG, if I'm not mistaken, in a row. Correct. And that was at the back of nine straight games into the qualifying prelim and grand final all there. Now, yeah, the first that, flag? That, yeah. I'm going to tee off on this. I, I, I see you're taking aim. Their first flag, they played Geelong, Geelong's home game at the MCG. Yep, and we all know the Cats uh, struggle at the G in September, so that I'll tick that one off. I reckon that's a bit harsh on the Cats. They've won three out of the last 15. Yeah, that's, uh, that's 20% of the flags. But, uh, yeah, maybe look, scratch that out of the audio. I don't, I don't. I'm not scratching that. I'm letting that th- through. Don't go to Geelong anytime soon, Tommy. Uh, Lovely place. So they had that. Now, Trent Cochin knocked Dylan Shiel out and got absolutely nothing for it. If he does that now, he'd be put up pillar to post that to is. die. And then they... Look, they played the grand final where it's always played. And they won their first flag. A few leg ups there. You, you're saying those things didn't just slide? No, they they did help. You need a lot of things to go right to uh, to win a flag. Ben. Who was the top place team that year? In 2017, the Crows. Adelaide, and they had to come to Richmond's home ground to play the game. <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, fair. Didn't didn't stop the Eagles going to Collingwood's home ground in 2018 and saluting. Oh, it didn't. But imagine if Collingwood played it in Perth, they would have lost by five goals. That, that's very true. Then same thing last year. They had the runner games at home. And then they got to play the Giants at the home of football. The Giants are used to 8,000 people. <laughs> they had to play in front of 100. So Richmond have had all the leg up to win their two flags, and they had a great run with injury. They haven't really had that this year. There's a lot bubbling under the surface, non-football related, but it still goes a long way. You've got Brooke Cotchin and the Dayspar Gate. Yeah. You've got uh, you've got these teammate groping Marbell Chol. Incident, which I don't actually think would register within the club, but everyone out here is talking about it. We're going to talk about their football. Um, look, they could win a final. They'll probably be one of the top four teams going through to the prelim. I reckon there's... Well, yeah, we sort of said it last week. There's five teams looking at those four spots. Um, I don't think they'll win the flag. It's very hard to repeat, and I don't think they're right there. Having said that, if you're in September, you wouldn't want to run into them. Like you'd hate if they if they finish fifth, whoever finishes eighth, look out. You're gonna you're gonna get a hiding. <laughs> we might just um, be in the uh, reckoning for that one. I'll give you a stat though about the Tigers. They have won. I'm pr- I could be wrong on the exact figure, but I'm pretty sure they've won their last thirteen games in Queensland. So if we're talking about leg ups, maybe this is the year when there's a granny in Queensland and they just find themselves playing at uh, at the Gabba on uh, the last. Saturday in October. I'm not sure if they've actually confirmed So, so they've that. had to travel to play the might of the Brisbane Lions and the Gold Coast Suns of the 2010 era. The Nor- what do you call that? 2010s? 2010s. Well, they have, yeah, I that, mean, they have added They've to been them. mighty, haven't they? The Suns, they featured... No, they've never played in September. Brisbane would have played, what, two finals last year, which they got rolled in, and a couple early in the decade, and that's it? True. When they had Fev running around, I'm like, only going off the stat. I mean, the the Tigers weren't flying for that first half of the 2010s. I I, I think you know they were sort of. Well, I mean, they made the finals in what 2013, but they weren't ready for it. So you know, the first part of that decade they were rough. But anyway, the point is that, I mean, they don't they don't mind it in in Queensland. So I mean, 
I, I've got to have them in the conversation as that adds to my uh, point. But, I mean, they've built the side nicely and they've got the big names to come back. So uh, I'm still hanging on that. I think that, yeah, they're, they're right in that mix. But uh, no, Look, they're in the mix. I'm not... I'm probably being a little bit harsh and writing them off completely. But I also... I, I hate it when those in the media will sit there and pick their five or six teams who they think can win the flag. And over the course of... Because it's a boys' club, they do their bit on SEN and they do their bit on Fox and then they have a bit on Adelaide, SEN, SEN, SA. And somehow they manage to tip three different teams who are going to be in the mix. And then they sort of don't go out on a limb... I'm telling you, Richmond can't win it. Oh, there is our weekly scoop so, from you. That you've ruled, and, and you put I, a I line through. Really, I don't have a great track record on this because I told you out and out the grand final will be played in Perth and I'm hearing from some sort of senior reporters that, yeah, it's a dollar ten to be in Brisbane. Um, that is shortened. That And that is, it's due to be announced this week, I believe. So watch this space. Um, but, I, I think your point's fair. I do think Richmond are one of the top teams. I guess they're not at their devastating best, which is why people probably aren't talking about them the way we should be. Uh, yeah, look, let's let's. This is another one. We've got a few here that we uh, we can sit on and we'll come back to later. We've we've put a few out there. Simple Simon comes to mind and his tenure. So th- there's a few that we're waiting on and the granny obviously but the tigers as well so just another on your uh, your list that we'll look out for on uh, future podcasts but i'm actually interested in a little something that came up speaking of the gabba i mean there was talk of the sun being in players eyes and whether or not that could cost queensland a grand final i think you'll find that that's a bit of a beat up i think uh if if they're worried about that uh, the game could just be a little later and i think like you've mentioned and maybe it came up in a previous podcast though like the the chance to have a twilight granny i think uh those worried about the the sun in the player's eyes should uh should just take it easy because i think the afl will work it out now this is a new segment that we have and one we really encourage our listeners to get involved in it's our new mailbag segment so 12 rows back at gmail.com is our email send us your question and you might be lucky like our lucky listener tonight today that's going to have his question read out. So, Seb, I'll hand it over to you for our uh, debut of the mailbag. You haven't got a nice little stinger for me, like Sam's mailbag? Yeah, I should should have uh, dusted something off. That, that'll that come. Leave, right. leave that one with me. That's all right. I, um, I've got the guitar here. I might rack that out <laughs> and just play myself a little intro. Uh, now, today's question. Uh, absolute ripper. Really, really appreciate this great man taking the time to send it through. Uh, let me. Should have had it ready, but uh, no, no, all good. It, it, real well written piece, uh, and I'm in, I'm going to look forward to answering the question. It's from uh, from DJ Broadsword of Ivanhoe, and I that's believe. what we'll do in this mailbag. We'll if you put your name in there, we will read it out. No, hundred percent. We will. Hundred percent. Dear Twelve RB. Apparently Rose back was a bit much to get in there. The old extra, what is it, extra six characters. There we go, good at maths. Uh, Dear 12 Rose back, I'm an avid Pies fan despite what my friends may say. In this afternoon's game, I noticed that once again, there were some terrible instances of camera work. The angle was all wrong to get the full perspective of the play. They zoomed in at the wrong times and ultimately struggled to follow the flow of the game. My question to you is why? Why is there such terrible camera work? 
or am I by myself on this? I look forward to your thoughts, kind regards. DJ Broadsword, a concerned viewer. He's uh, really run with your term viewer there, Tom. I like it. That's that's what we're about. That's why we get the fans so, involved, though, because that was a great tell question. Tell me, you've already taken issue with the camera angles on the goal line in the uh, Saturday night clash. What about the overall camera angle? This is an insightful view from, from DJ Broadsword here. I've obviously watched the footy all year, and this isn't just Seven or Fox. It is both of our broadcasters, they are struggling at the minute. I don't know if they've brought their best teams up to the game. I, I find the exact same thing. This, the following of the players off, there are times where the ball has left a stoppage and we're stuck on the stoppage. There's been times where they've gone with the bloke with the camera on his shoulder in the forward pocket trying to catch the view on the wing. There's been times I've actually seen it not capture the centre bounce properly as well. It, it's just thought a tap's gone and it hasn't. It's actually been really, really obvious to see all year. So I don't know if, and I, I could be wrong here, but I think maybe there might have been budgetary cuts in in the camera work or the crew size and, and what's going on there. But it, it is noticeable. I have I have noticed that DJ Broadsword has come up with an insightful one there. Um, every week, there's at least three or four instances where you could go, oh, what's going on with the camera work? That, that's just something we've, we've dealt with all year. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed it, Seb. Uh, I've always thought, look, I've more been a critic of Channel 7 and their need for the casual viewer to try and bring people into the game more with different camera angles. Um, I'd call myself a traditionalist and rather the, just a long view giving us the action. I don't need to be in close and then get this angle and yeah, this low angle from the pocket. Just, just give us on what the we wing. need. But then if you listen to the commentary on Channel 7, they're more about entertaining than calling the game. So they go hand in hand in my opinion. Um, look, I, I'd i be willing to bet a fair sum of money that they're not flying cameramen up for this. So these are people who live there, um, whether they're the regular football camera people or they're just the people they have at the time. Um, that I don't know. Uh, but they're obviously budgetary cuts would be... I, I think it'll play a factor in this. Um, I don't find too much of an issue with it though in terms of watching the game it's a slight nuisance but uh it's not like it's not affecting my enjoyment of the football the commentary affects mine far worse than uh than the angles well there you go well look i'm i'm with you as well I'm a traditionalist and um it doesn't take me as out of a game uh, as as the commentary as well but I, I think you'll find it's just time and a place as well if you do have to go the entertainment and go the funny angle or the funny close-up Keep it out. Don't worry about the forward 50 because we don't need it then, particularly if there's a goal. We need to see clearly the plays happening in the forward 50 and if there's going to be a goal or not. It is not That is the time not to experiment with this. So if they could just tailor it to between uh, you know, the wings and the centre square, that's fine. But I think inside 50 and defensive 50, it's a no-go. No yep. Yep, I, I, can, I can get on board with that. Now... Stat of the week. This is normally your segment. Uh, I'm actually going to kick this one off. Yeah, good. What do you got? And this is, well, I, I've, I'm told I do a lot of this and I'll just continue doing it. Essendon now hold the record for most consecutive <laughs> days in the AFL era, having not won a final. So a uh, little little round of applause. <laughs> and that just happened this week, didn't it? That That's official. That uh, rolled over. Yeah, it, it became official this week. But as soon as 
coronavirus hit, it was inevitable. Yeah, true. Because <laughs> they couldn't they have couldn't played have a final. It, yeah. uh, what have you got? Yeah, so in the spirit of the, the Saints game in uh, up in Alice Springs, so there's a player playing for Carlton. His name's Jack Nunes. He was the first to do this. But this week, Jack Billings, Jaron Geary, Tim Membry, Seb Ross, and Jack Sinclair joined him. So Nunes, Billings, Geary, Membry, Ross, and Sinclair are the only AFL players to play a game in every main every state in Australia as well as play a game in New Zealand and China. They, they are the only blokes on this earth that have done that. So uh, once the Saints played their game up in uh, Alice Springs, that ticked it off, and Jack Nunes, he got his game in last week against the Suns. So that's my stat for the week. <laughs> Uh, and we'll we'll keep bringing those. So yeah, thanks to DJ Broadsword for the mailbag. I've That's... got a better stat. Oh, yeah. I have got a better stat. I obviously wanted to bring up the Bombers one because I can. Um, and and at the rate we're going, we'll probably join you soon. Uh, did you know Carlton and Collingwood are now tied on 127 wins apiece in their head-to-head clashes? Yeah, I did. yeah, that's that's a good one. I did. I think I did see that one. That yeah, that's uh, for a, you know a couple of clubs that have been playing since 1897. That is. Unbelievable well, it's quite that we can't funny. Split, split them. So when they this is and this is true, they went they were both tied on eighty one wins, eighty two wins, eighty four wins, eighty five wins, eighty six, eighty eight, and eighty nine wins. So they were tied on all those numbers. So I reckon that was right through Oh, that'd be probably when would that have been the nineties. Yeah, eighties and nineties maybe. Yeah, 'cause of yeah. So they were tied on all those ones and then someone's got right ahead. Carlton must have got right ahead because Collingwood won yesterday to peg it back. So yeah, that that, um, that surprises me because I guess you know the Pies, you know they had a fair 2010 zero that they you know pinched a flag in 2010 and were pretty competitive then. So you would have thought they would have beaten Carlton, uh, you know, most of the times there. But yeah, that that's a that's that's the kind of stat we're after now. The underdog. I heard bet. you say they pinched a flag. I just want to. Put that one out there. They didn't pinch it. Oh, I took a mate quarters to get there. Anyway, moving <laughs> moving on to the uh, underdog betting. Uh, right. We didn't have any luck this week. We, we've covered that. It, it was it was a toughie this week. It's it's a shortened round. There's less games, less to choose from. But we we're going to get one this week. So um, a couple of interesting games in there. So you've got the Crows against the Hawks here, and it really is almost this is the Crows' last chance for a win. They're the underdog there. Uh, Eagles well in front of the Bombers, uh, Tigers even further in front of the Dockers, Swans uh, 325 against the Dees, uh, Carlton 251 against the Giants, and then Collingwood at 284 versus the Lions. So there's none that we can rule out. Um, this You're the clubhouse of... leader here, Tom. Where, where, where are you thinking? Where's your money going? I'm going to jump on the, it's a Friday night, last game of the round on a Friday night, which is 2020 in a nutshell. Um, I'm going to pick the Pies. I think their record against the Lions is unbelievable. doesn't matter what year it's been, they've been able to beat them at the Gabba, so the home ground advantage isn't as strong there. You know, I haven't seen the sides, but I'm, I'm calling would have got a few big names to come back, um, you know. Lions got over the Saints, but they're coming off a buy as well. So whether or not that'll affect their focus, I just think Collingwood at two eighty four. I've got here, uh, that's too good to pass up. I think uh, they're they're building nicely. So I think I'll I'll jump on the Pies this week as my underdog. Very good. Now we don't have the teams out, 
if Joe Danaher was playing, I'd be seriously considering Essendon, but I yeah. don't think they're going to push him. Yeah. Um, I've got a Bombers fan in my ear every week telling me how they're going to win. Um, <laughs> I am as ultra-impressive as they were on the weekend. I'm going to tip them to, to get rolled, and I'm going to go Sydney to beat Melbourne. You reckon the D's for a little yeah. letdown here? Yep, they are the letdown kings, the Demons. <laughs> and uh, Tommy Papley running right down there. He'll kick three. And uh, the Swannies will get over line. Look, it was really tough. I think in my when I do tip, I'll probably tip every single favourite. Yeah, um, it's that kind of round. I think, you know, as many are tipping comp, it's that late season favourites winning. You know, clear. There's a, this is a clear favourites round. So it, it is a tricky one. But look, I, I don't mind you picking the Swans there. I think... Uh, you know that they have showed a fair bit. They, you know they match the power for stretches over the weekend, so they're not in too bad a touch. Yep, yep. I reckon they're a real chance. So I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to come home with a wet sail to get get my nose in front of this little comp. Uh, look, I think that's it from us this week, Tom. Let's hope there's another big week of football. We've got Tuesday night footy back. A it's it's double header on a see. Tuesday. Um, if I'm double header on a Tuesday, not at the family friendly time of. Uh, yeah, 8-10. Jeez, Bombers fans, you've got to stay up for that. But, look, it's great to have footy. Doubleheader Thursday. Uh, couldn't be more excited for what this round brings. And we'll really start to see the finals uh, picture shape together, depending on a couple of these results. So, uh, I can't wait. Any last words for the listeners, Tom? No, as always, hit us up on the social media at 12 Rows Back on Instagram, Twitter, the mailbag, obviously. Uh, we want to hear from you. We want your thoughts. And just jump on and give us uh, what you're thinking about the footy at the moment where it all is. So I'm happy. You're happy, Seb. We'll see you on the next episode of 12 Rows Back. I'm glad you're happy now, Tom, because you didn't start off so happy. <laughs> <laughs>